why is it that some people, and I'm going to talk about artists. Some people can look at the work of other people that are better than them and be inspired to do great things of their own. Whereas when I see the work, especially, you know, comics or things that I'm trying to be into right now, when I see people that are better than me, it does not push me to greatness. It does not challenge me. It depresses me. (laughs) Uh, Maybe it's a personality thing. I've never been inspired by someone setting a high bar. Because I always feel like I'm going to fail it. So typically I don't try. My wife, exactly the opposite. My daughter, Jenna, exactly like her mom. You give them a challenge. You give them some sort of uh, a reward to get to, you know. They're, dude, 24-7, going to make it. And they'll do it. And they'll exceed it. Me, on the other hand, and people like me, uh, even even back when I was doing kids ministry and stuff, um, I did a lot better at my first church because there was a lot less oversight. They trusted us, I guess. And I, I did, I mean, I did great things. Terrible, yes, but great. Uh, no, we did some great stuff because the, there was no limit really to what we could do and uh came up with some great events some great ways to teach kids some great uh stuff for for sunday nights um and i was as a result of that told from the pulpit i never got told directly but my boss um a very wise man very old man (laughs) But he, uh, whenever he would tell the story of the um, the talents, he would talk about the five talent man, and then he would tell everybody at the church. And you got to understand, there was between two services about five thousand adults while while we were there, and he's telling all these people that I am a five talent guy, that I am a genius and that I am the best children's pastor in the world. Those were the things he would say. Do I believe them? No. Is it awesome that he thinks so? Yes. Am I a great person that can, (laughs) am I a great person because I can convince somebody of that? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I'm sneaky enough to, to, to make that happen, but it, it, what that did from, from underneath, I guess that lifted me up to a level that um, that I could operate at. But if somebody had come to me similarly and said, look, within the year, I need you to convince me that you are the best children's pastor in the world. You have got to impre- impress upon me and every person in this church that you are a genius. You need to use every talent and every skill that you have. You need to make it very clear how you use them. 
Dude, I, I'm already stressed out. <laughs> but that's why I can't look at other people's artwork and get all excited. Like I'm going to do great things too. Here's what gets me excited. If you go to a webcomic that you like, um, and you're like me, I see the art. I'm like, wow, wow, I never could do that. Uh, I, there's a little button usually, and it's the, the um, fast forward or rewind button. It's two arrows. It means all the way like to the next track on your DVD player, and it'll take you to the first comic that person ever did. And without... With very few, very, very, very few exceptions, I have been very impressed by the fact that they sucked. <laughs> and that, my dears, is what will get me going. Because I'm like, okay, if they started at this level, I'm, I'm already better than that. Okay, now, I, okay, so they did it. They, got, they came from that. See, I have to work my way from the from the back, I suppose. I guess there's, you know, the, the Internet's new thing, or not new thing, but is to say, you know, there's two kinds of people in the world, and then they'll put things out. And I, I'd say there's probably two people, two kinds of people in the world, people that are motivated by greatness and people that are motivated by people telling them that they're great. Because if you believe in me, if you treat me as if I'm already up there, and I'm not talking about rewards or anything like that. I'm talking about, you know, with the respect or honor or whatever, um, or just the way you talk about me, then I'm going to, I'm going to meet and exceed all of that. And it wasn't, it wasn't quite that way at my, my other job. Um, my second position at Flor in Florida. I mean, it was a great place, and and I wouldn't change a thing about it. Um, but there was a there was a more of an expectation. You know, we hired you from a big church, and you need to fill up this room with kids, and you need to be a part of helping us to become as big as we once were before the split. These are things I didn't figure out, unfortunately, till after I quit. <laughs> but those were definitely uh, the reasons I was, you know, some of the reasons I was hired, not all of them. And though I didn't know those things, I definitely felt them. And um, between that and the fact that depression was kicking my butt, I, I was doomed at that place. Doomed. Great people, you know, will always have... Uh, fond memories of especially my boss and his wife and um, uh, the evangelism pastor who drove me crazy and is, you know, one was one of the few people that stuck with us even after we left and would call and find out. And now he's, you know, a good friend of mine. Um, my pastor's son, Christian, who is on, um, or my, my former boss's pastor, his son, who is on my podcast, That Story Show, at thatstoryshow.com. Um, so, yeah, there are connections there that will never, you know, ever go away. Uh, so that, there's that. Did you know that 
before I left Kansas City to go down to work in Florida, first of all, the reason I did it, one of the primary reasons is I was struggling so, so bad at work. I, um, I got to where I felt like everything was doomed and um, that 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 i i it was so small though it was all it, you know it, my sleep patterns were starting to get weird it was just the very 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 beginnings of depression and bipolar that i i would feel great for a while i would book all these things in my calendar and then i would go down and have to deal with all these events and try to cancel half of them and try to you know push my way through the rest of them and call on people to help me and i assumed that that was the the job like i couldn't handle it anymore plus some things had changed you know uh the 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 my boss had had passed the church down to his son and he was great it, but it was different you know it was a different leadership style it was different um for yeah it was just different and so all of that was just enough to make me think that it was the job and so we went to Florida, smaller church, Florida, near family, near Disney World. Um, yeah, it was supposed to be supposed to be awesome. Obviously, I found out that that was not the case. But the thing I wanted to bring up is when we when we prayed about moving, because we really weren't absolutely sure. Because what we had done is we had sat down because we felt really. Like I said, things were different. We sat down and we said, okay, five-year plan. Where do we want to be in five years? And we started doing some of the fun stuff, like figuring out how old we would be and how old the kids would be. And uh, and, Jen, and I said, where do you see us living in five years? She said, I would love to be closer to family. And immediately right there, that statement meant a major change. Um, so we, we did all our all our stuff, you know, all our five-year plan stuff. And then we kind of just ceremoniously laid it on the keyboard of a laptop, you know, as, as if it were an altar <laughs> and said, okay, God, here's our, here's our plan. Um, but we, we're kind of submitted to you. Want to know what you want? Well, after a while, um, the only thing I felt or thought I heard, you know, through my brain, that God was saying was, I don't care. <laughs> um, and if you need a more godly response, it was more like, I'll bless you if you go, I'll bless you if you stay. And now, hindsight being 2020, I know, I know why that was because he knew that this uh, depression, anxiety, bipolar hell was going to befall me. They, he knew it was going to level me. He knew it was going to take away everything that I loved about my job and what I did in my calling. Um, and he knew that it didn't matter, pretty much didn't matter where we were when it happened. Um, because when it hit, I was ashamed. I mean, when it when it started to get to the point I couldn't hide it and I couldn't, I literally couldn't do things 
that I was supposed to do. You want to know what it was? You, you want to know what it was? I may have shared it before, but if you're newer, you might want to know. The thing that caused me to lose my job, the final straw that broke the camel's back, I was having a horrible time. I had, I had gone to my pastor and I had told him, this has been the third meeting, by the way, because the first one was, hey, I know you hired us um, about a year ago, but um, I didn't know this at the time, really, but I struggle with depression. I'm on medication and I expect you to fire me. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And he didn't. And then the second time I went in, I told him, okay, it's worse. It's really bad. I'm on medicine now, like a lot. And it doesn't seem like it's getting better. What do you want to do? And he's like, it's okay for you to take some extra time off and, and be broken. I was like, okay, awesome. And then the third time we had to go to the, to the board and uh, what I had presented was a package that included cutting my um, salary down to part time, um, not having to keep as many office hours, being able to do Sundays and Wednesdays and, you know, still maintaining my people and my stuff and, my, and doing services, but just not having to be there uh, around people. And uh, that that didn't fly with the board. Okay. Uh, just for different reasons. And, and I agree with them. They decided they needed a fully functioning children's pastor. I mean, go figure, huh? <laughs> I don't blame them a bit. I, I would uh, definitely want the same thing, especially if I had brought him from a big church and uh, had all these expectations and they were not being fulfilled. So we were in the middle of that. And, and then it was time. I think it was a Wednesday night. It was time to present uh, to the to the church, kind of do a recap of the year, okay? And typically what I had done is I would sit down with my um, podcasting stuff and a webcam, and I would record this, you know, this great high-quality audio over a HD cam webcam, and I would intersperse it with videos and, and you know, photos from the from the year and, and, you know, we call it speaking evangelistically, but you can, you can pretty much exaggerate any event and make it seem like it was the most amazing thing in the world and definitely pull the uh, attention away from things that didn't work out so well. But this particular year had been horrible and there was nothing good to say. There was no way to spin it positive. And, I didn't have the energy to even try. And I was told, and it was, it was just the way it was. Um, if you don't do this, this will be the thing that caught, you know, that makes them want to let you go. And I said, please, Please let, because I had asked him to let me quit and he wouldn't do it. I said, please, please accept my resignation. I mean, I'm crying, crying. I'm in pain and anguish and, and, and panic attacking and everything else over the phone. The, you know, the night of, and uh, I said, please, please accept my resignation while I still have a shred of dignity left. I didn't really have any but I was trying to keep it a secret from as many people as possible and only let, you know, a few people know I was very embarrassed of it. 
Um, and because uh, you, you just are, you just are until you've lost everything and then <laughs> you got nothing to lose. So there's no point in being upset about it or, uh, you know, embarrassed by it. But he said, okay, and but our 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 final board meeting or whatever is on Friday. This is Wednesday. He says, so please call me if you change your mind. Because he didn't want me to quit. And um, I didn't call him. Later on, after I, you know, cleaned up my office and all this kind of stuff, I think we went to a meal or something. But he says, I kept, I kept thinking, I kept hoping you'd call. <laughs> But I saw the future. The future was that eventually I was going to get fired. And it was going to be even worse on me and the church. Um, So I decided to go ahead and pull the plug early. But yeah, all all that because um, of something I probably shouldn't have had to do anyway. But. I mean, there was nothing good about that year. Let me tell you, we were supposed to have done a Halloween thing. I, the, a couple years before that, no, a year before I got fired, I did an event called the Odyssey. And it's, it was on Halloween night. And the Odyssey is a journey through the Bible, quite literally, because you start in a room with a video that tells you what you're about to see, gives you some safety tips and stuff like that. And then you open you open the Bible, the Bible, big giant, you know, huge Bible cover with a with a little you know ribbon on the side, and it opens up, and you go inside, and then you go into a series of rooms, and each room had a had a thing that made it cool, along with just the story and the reenactment that um, that it did. Like the first one, of course, would be Adam and Eve, and there was a snake puppet that I, I made. He was purple. He kind of looked like Barney when it was all said and done, but Barney had a long slithery tail wrapped around a, a tree that we'd made out of, out of uh, plywood. And um, so there's that. And then the next one I think was uh, the, the red sea, you know, after it had been parted and this is uh, an octopus. It was a black light room. So it was totally dark except for, um, some of the, um, I had some coral and things like that, that were painted with this reflective, uh, paint. So you would see this underwater scene, you know, bubbles hung, hanging from the ceiling. And there's an octopus that I made, uh, a big giant octopus puppet and a, uh, a little starfish that could swim around him, you know, and, and it was, it was made by, uh, or it was worked by these two girls in uh, complete black outfits. And so that was really neat. And then you'd go down and, and there was the, you know, the, the three Hebrew boys and we had a furnace and we had light effects and we even had uh, simula- simulated uh, coal. Uh, well, what do you call it? Yeah, the hot coals and stuff like that that I'd gotten off uh, of YouTube. So you had that. So every single room had its thing. And then then the 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 one at the end was the was one of the best. And um that was heaven. We we uh we had um just a room with with Christ and uh and a and a devil character. He was in a suit. He had no makeup. He was not scary. 
Um, but it was basically a behind the scenes look at the resurrection. And then Christ, you know, welcomes you to a preview of whatever, whatever. And so every, every room, by the way, every room had candy themed to the room message that it was in. And the kids almost like jelly bellies. I, they, they had pieces of paper. So when they're eating their candy later, um, they could match it up to one of the lessons like, uh, uh, one of them was a whale, the Jonah and the whale, and you walked into his mouth and went around the corner into his tummy, and there is the big uvula or whatever that thing is, and uh, a puppet fish that's talking to Jonah, and and you know there's all these sound effects around you and stuff. I mean it was awesome. And so what do you get there? You get you know um, <laughs> you got uh, it was Swedish fish. We found them individually wrapped, and it took forever to find them. Um, I think Adam and Eve, we gave them apple flavored candy. Uh, I remember in, um, well, we didn't do hell, um, but we did do something. And uh, it was like, oh, maybe it was was giant, the giant Goliath. Goliath. I think, I think his was uh, suckers because only suckers uh, trust in, you know, don't trust in God or something like that. But heaven was a maze of gossamer in this giant room and the kids would go through it. And every, every few feet, there'd be a person dressed in a white costume, handing just buttloads of candy at just at them through this whole thing. And by the end, they got a chunk. I mean, they got a bag full. They got a, uh, uh, you know, whatever they had was full. And we had, I can only imagine on loop, you know, so it's, it's a heaven scene. There's, it was neat. So, uh, and then at the end we had, you know, an opportunity for people to leave prayer requests or sign their name up and and have follow up and all that kind of stuff. But the big thing was just to cleanly and clearly, uh, share the love of Jesus, you know, through the message of the Bible to, to every single person that came through that night. So not a trunk or treat where they just, you know, see our faces and move on. Um, not a lot of things, um, like, like the, I don't know, when you have a carnival, you know, and, and, and you just trust that they're, you know, somehow having a good time and experiencing the love of Christ. No, and when they went through this, you knew, you knew that every single one of them saw it. And, and you know, it's up to the Holy Spirit uh, to do whatever he do when the word is put out there, but it will not return void. And that's, you know, that's the thing I would stand on. Well, anyway, that was a year before. <laughs> This big, huge thing. I, I I got people that didn't even go to our church to come and help me build stuff. Um, they were so inspired by the idea. And the very next year, I was supposed to do it again with some improvements. I had some ideas, man. It was going to be, one of them was going to be um, Noah and the Ark, except you went inside and there would be uh, two levels of animals that would move, you know, and they would have to be uh, stuffed animals or, or puppets that I would make. And then they would be operated by people that were up there. Um, I, I had an idea for parting the red sea with, with plastic, um, you know, blue plastic and, and, uh, and putting um, a water level, but it would all be made out of um, some sort of paper or something like that. It would undulate a little bit. And then, you know, the, it would split open and you would get to walk through, you know, just just simulating in a fun way, 
all these different things. But when that year came around, that second year came around, I couldn't do it. I was supposed to, and I wanted to, and I kept waiting for the energy to come and it didn't, and it got closer and closer. And I just wept and I was like, pastor, I can't do this. I can't, can you, can you please let me off? And he's like, yeah, but we got to do something. Okay. So, um, I don't remember how it happened, but my, I think it was just somebody asking one of my people, uh, she was, she was a, uh, the, from the family Coronado and props to them, to the family Coronado. She was my mission ads director. And she says, what are we doing? And I said, I, I got nothing. And she says, well, we used to do, we've done this in the past. I have a Candyland themed kind of game system thing where kids can walk through and, and, and it'll be fine. We'll just do it for our kids. Uh, Cause it, you know, it landed on a Wednesday, I think is what the deal was with Halloween. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like floating holidays, Easter included, but, um, I couldn't even go to help them set that up. And when I, it was all I could do to just to go with my kids. I couldn't even look any of the Coronados in the face. I couldn't talk to anybody. And it wasn't until after I quit and the word came out that that they even knew why and and they totally were understanding but you don't know that you know you don't know that other people in 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 their family could have been gone you know have gone through the same thing you're going through and would understand absolutely so that's a problem with some of our churches today and maybe even all of them except is is that we can't share our weaknesses one with another we have to maintain the imagery of success because that's what bring Christ that what that's what brings Christ glory is our joy our happiness we're supposed to be happy so if you're not then you've got something to be embarrassed about and that's why I did so um yeah that was halloween and I'm I'm I made it through that, and and it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't very far from that where uh, where we quit because I'd get some medicine and it would work great for a time and I'd get all pumped up and I would start some new series for the kids and I was I was assured I was absolutely sure that everything was going to be okay that that I wasn't going to fail that I wasn't have to qu- going to have to quit. And then, then suddenly, all of a sudden, I think I've mentioned this in, in the past, my, I couldn't lift my arms above my head for very long. And I couldn't, and then it got worse and worse and I had to go to the doctor and he had to take me off the medicine and therefore started all over again, crash. Two more weeks to a month before the new stuff to see if it works or if I respond negatively to it. It was just like a live real life, real time science experiment. And the whole time I believed that God would, would save me at the end, you know, at the, at the last minute. And of course uh, that didn't happen. Um, not sure why I'm talking about all this, but it's my uh, therapy to sit here and talk about these things. And I haven't done um, I made my day for quite a while. I, I mean, uh, uh, 
a uh, gospel of Kennison for quite a while. But here now, here and now where I'm at, I'm really trying to get on a schedule. I'm really working on what do I do in the morning to stay awake and to, you know, be productive. And what can I do with my life to give it meaning and purpose because if somebody asked me what I what are you right now, I would probably say I'm a stay-at-home dad, which means you're a bum that can't get a job to most people. I might say, well, I do podcasting. I, I'm an artist, web comics. I don't make a living doing that, though. You know, make a little bit. So. Uh, so I'm working with my friend and mentor, David, my, the pastor here at the church we're, we're working with and came here for. And um, he, he gets it 100%. He's like, I know what you want. You want, you want purpose and you want, um, you know, something, something that's worthwhile that brings meaning to your life and that is remotely spiritual <laughs> in, in, the, in the respect that it has an eternal effect on the world or in the kingdom of God. And then, you know, right after I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. I had two days of, of just horrible. <laughs> that was uh, Monday and Tuesday. No, Tuesday and Wednesday. Cause it matters. Um, yeah. Tuesday I stood and looked in the mirror for 10 minutes trying to convince myself to take a shower because I had to pick up my kids and I had to pick up my ward and I knew I would be close to him doing, you know, looking over the same book kind of thing. And I, I felt sorry for him. I didn't want to be stank. And I had just spent five minutes convincing myself to brush my teeth. I was like, well, at least I can do that. And then after that, I was like, okay, now you need a shower. And I, I, I don't even understand now why that is. It's so crazy how you forget how it feels. But it's just, it's just stupid feelings where you, you sit through and you, and you go through every single part of showering and how monotonous it is. And you forget that it's warm and it's showery and you feel great and you can turn it up nice and hot. You forget all the good stuff because I think your good stuff feeler is the thing that, that's broken. So without all that, it is a chore. Without the hot water, you know, it's just a chore. It's another thing to do. And when you have no energy to add on top of that, it, it is. It's terrible. Now, see, that makes sense why a shower would be a ridiculously hard thing to do. But um, And then the next day, um, which was Wednesday, I felt better. I, well, no, sorry. I felt worse, but was able to do tasks and things with pretty much no problem. Everything was harder to do, but it wasn't impossible and um, didn't struggle with things like I did the day before, but, but sat there on Wednesday night. Well, my kids said, dad, can we want to go to the, you know, the church that our school is part of does a Wednesday night event it's supposed to be awesome. We've heard about it. We want to go immediately stresses me out. 
because there I'm imagining it's like one of my old events. There's going to be 300 kids there. There's going to be five adults. There's going to be a check-in station. There's going to be people that are eager to see me and force me to go to their weekend or I mean their midweek service that's probably going on at the same time. And you don't know where to drop your kids off or where, even what building, because there's 500 doors around this church. And uh, all of that, you know, flooded my mind and stuff. And But I did it. I still did it. You got to push through, you know. Can't can't let it stop my, my life or my family anymore. Um, so I do what I do. And I went in the wrong place. And I talked to some random dude that didn't know what I wanted. And eventually... Um, got around to the right place and there, it did feel like there were 300 kids. There was only about 50. Um, and it was a line and it was horrible and it was loud. And, um, there were these geeky little Asian guy kids, um, that were tripping out over my portal shirt. And, uh, at first I thought they were making fun of me. <laughs> I, you know, cause that's what I expect, but they're like portal portal. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, I checked them in and, and, you know, it wasn't a really a problem. Um, but I got out of there and I, and I was like, I sat in my car for an hour and a half and I read, um, the third, the first few pair, you know, the first part of the third game of Thrones book. And, um, I sat for, you know, for an hour and a half and read and sat there with a panic attack, just sharp, horrible pain in my chest. I'm doing a, webcomic called the dark time and it's on tap Um, but, um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but who just go to tap astic.com T a P a S T I C.com. And then look up James Kennison, I guess, but, um, or the dark time. And I'm going to start from the very beginning of it and go through the whole thing. But, I remember thinking, how am I going to illustrate the feeling of that anxiety and what it feels like? Because it was one of the most horrible things in in the physical, you know, as far as manifesting something physical in my body, the the pain and the pressure in my chest was almost a constant thing and, and still comes and goes. It's, it's one of the things, it comes more than bad days come. Um, but it is in reaction to things that are stressful, which is normal. I mean, it, you know, relatively normal, uh, versus just happening for absolutely no reason. So that I guess that's an improvement. But as I was sitting in the car, I was almost a little bit, I wasn't happy, but I was like, okay, now you got time to sit here and think about how you're going to illustrate it. What does it feel like? And the closest thing I could come to, cause I was going to put a weight you know, inside of the character's chest that could be seen through his, you know, his skin or whatever. Um, Cause I remember it feeling almost like a lead balloon that was being blown up from the inside. So the pressure was pushing out. And so if I bent over and I put my fist in my chest and if I held my breath really hard, it would kind of counteract that, but no, it didn't feel more like it does kind of feel like that. But it feels more like a hook just being stuck through your sternum. You know, not the skin pain, but the the pressure is like being pulled on by a giant heavy hook. 
And so that's, I think, what I'm going to use. But um, yeah, if you're listening to this, chances are you might have some depression or you're concerned, or you, you'd like to know more about it. And I'm going to tell you, the best way is going to be is following that webcomic. You might even not even be a comic person. It's not going to be funny. Um, it's just going to be real. And I'm going to go through the whole thing as much as I can remember. I've got journals. I've got emails. I've got memories. And um, it's going to help me too. Depression is uh, represented by a shorter looking, like if uh, death had a kid, that would be what depression in my mind looks like. Because they are, they are definitely closely related. Um, so... I'll have a link at uh, show notes at jameskennison.com. Or again, just go to Taptastic. Tapastic. I, I keep thinking it's Taptastic. <laughs> uh, Taptastic.com slash series slash dark time. That's the link. And it starts with just a general sense of doom. So it's good stuff. Hopefully. Hopefully it'll help some people and make me famous. And and then I'll get too pressured to handle it. <laughs> and everyone will expect wonderful things and I will not be able to meet them and I will shrivel up. It is 1.34 here in uh, Eastern time zone. No, Central time zone. And um, it's a.m., by the way. 1.34 a.m. Took my pills at at like nine, they're supposed to kick in about two, um, and they used to work great. I'd be in bed ten thirty, eleven o'clock. It's awesome. Lately, it doesn't have a uh, calming effect. So I'm up doing podcasting. Anyway, thank you, all you guys, for listening. Thank you for um, listening to this very random kind of whatever I was thinking kind of deal. Um, Thank you for the emails that you send. And uh, if you are into podcasts and would like to know more about what I do, uh, go to nlcast.com, nlcast.com, where you'll find out about That Story Show, which is a uh, comedy, clean, clean comedy podcast with my friends, John and Christian. We do it once a week on Tuesday nights, nine 30 central, 10 30 Pacific, six 30. No, six 30 Pacific. Um, anyway, we do it live. If you want, you can go to that store show.com slash live and, and tune in, but look for it in iTunes. Or go to nlcast.com, like I said. Another show I'm doing right now is um, called May My Day. And a lot of folks that listen to this show listen to that one first. It's a little more interesting. And, and basically, it's me trying very hard to find one thing out of every day um, that makes that day worth living through. Um, it's not something that really severely depressed people can do. There was a very big time I couldn't do it. But as soon as I was able, you know, I got to gotta help my mind focus on the positive instead of all of the negative. 
Um, I had, I had, I'm going to mention this on, on that show, but it bears repeating here. I had somebody email me and said that they really struggle finding their MMD. They're made my day, um, every day. And I, I feel bad because I have in, inadvertently done something to someone that was often done to me. And that was these false, these expectations. And how can you, you know, somehow or another, the understanding was that you had to find one of these every day. And if you couldn't, then you had to just find it anyway, you know, and it's not that way. What I'm going to mention, first of all, is if you don't have an MMD, you don't have an MMD. <laughs> you can't always, you know, find something, but if you really want to, sometimes you can't f- figure it out until later in the week. So what I've come to do is I write out, um, all of the memorable things that happen, even if they're not great, like Jenna puking her guts out all day Sunday. Um, that w- that was great. So I write up these things, and then sometimes just out of the fact that there was one thing that was better than all the other crap, <laughs> that one wins. And uh, so that's one that's one thing I did today. I went through my past week, and I and I really was able to go back and say, okay, all right. See, even though Jenna was puking her guts out, my son Jay, for the very first time in his life decided to go to a church event to the zoo without his sister. He always needs her there. You know, he's the youngest, right? That's what they do. And he did it. And uh, that is awesome, see? But I didn't figure that out until today. So I'm going to share that. You can find out a little bit more, too, about what we do and more episodes of uh, the Gospel of Kennison at jameskennison.com. And um, that's it. So I do podcasts. I do web comics, I do this show. <laughs> and uh, if you want to send me an email, it's james at nlcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at nlcast. And we'll see you guys next time. God bless.